I'm telling you right now, dude, I'm an encyclopedia. I can retain so much information about practically everything that I learn about. But I have to care also. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I was really, really interested in for a while was the hollow moon theory of the... um, (laughs) It's a very generalized theory, but it's quite interesting. So one of the things that they start off with to... Let's say, I'll give the premise, right? So the premise of the theory is that the moon itself is actually an artificial building, construction. Created by aliens or another life form. Another life form that has influence over us. So the whole concept is that aliens built this moon to be able to have a satellite close to our planet that they could keep an eye on us. And so the concept behind it was that in order to make it so that we would never figure it out, we always look at the same side of the moon, right? Because so, it's not orbiting. So, no, no, no. It's orbiting it's around orbiting us. Earth. It's just not rotating like we do. So yeah, we rotate and that's how we get the days, right? Yeah. But the thing about the moon is that no matter what, let's say this is the earth and this is the moon, we're always looking at the same side. Yeah, And so the theory behind it is that there's a reason for that. Because when we went to the moon, I don't remember in what year it was. And it was Apollo 11. It was like the 80s or something. Uh, yeah, some, a space race. Whenever... whenever yeah. Cold, um, Cold War type stuff. Yeah, right. That was when 70s, Kennedy, Kennedy was president. Yeah. So whenever Kennedy was president. So what happened is when we go to the moon, they have the whole thing live streamed. Right, and so the thing is, is that as well as they can, not instant, well, like now, they had it on the news networks, yeah. right? And so the thing is, is when they got there, for for some reason, which is now being portrayed as part of this theory, is that the intermission of signal cut out for two minutes. Yeah. Again, this is a theory. <laughs> yeah. Neil Armstrong switched from the live broadcasting channel to the medical channel because that way that the the only people that could hear it were part of NASA. So the live viewers on their TV at home yes. weren't hearing this part. Mm-hmm. So like when you hear like him taking off, that's all live. But when he switched to the medical channel after he landed, according to the theory, it says that he switched over and said that these beings are huge. They're watching us. They're right over there. And he described the spaceships, crafts, UFOs that he saw on the moon in this two-minute broadcast. And then switched it back on because he needed to live stream it again. Right? Yeah, like he, he needed to come just, back he on. He can't just yeah. stop right there. It, and the excuse that NASA gave, which could be very well be an actual statement, is that the... Um, the the microphone was overheated by the processing of the live stream, which caused a malfunction to stop the live recording. Yeah, when I heard about this earlier, I thought that was crazy because Doesn't in space, in space, it's like what negative whatever. Well, it's, they have to be. It's definitely cold. It's yeah. not warm in space. No, they definitely have to be. Um, they, I mean, they wear thermal suits, right? There has to be some form of, yeah, of it's, it's circulation cold. of, yes. So anyways, back to what I was saying about, so then that didn't make sense, right? 
So afterwards, they put a, um, I believe it's called a seismograph, where let, let's say when we're studying earthquakes. Yeah, to measure the movement. The, 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 the vibration. The, ground, the vibration. The vibration. In the ground. That's a seismograph, I believe. Yeah. So they put a seismograph and they launched a piece of the rocket that they flew in on. And they launched it back down at the earth, moon to see how the moon reacted to the um, the piece of metal, you know, hitting it. And what they found out is that it rang like a bell for so, like. So it wasn't solid on the inside, is what, no, what they found. Nope. And they actually another thing, and I hate to go back because, but they found that the contents of the moon was crazy numbers of different types of metals that shouldn't be part of the moon yeah i think it was titanium bunch of stuff there yeah. was there was when they picked up the samples they found out that it was a bunch of stuff yeah. and the other thing is if when you look at the moon the moon is also one of our biggest shields to deflect asteroids meteors stuff coming in that's yeah. why there's all these you know craters inside the moon mm -hmm. the difference between a normal crater and the moon's craters is that when a crater or when an asteroid comes in and it creates impact, it's supposed to, depending on how big it is, it will go a certain depth. All right, what do we got here? Tan dust on Surveyor. We found some green rocks and some, oh, right here. We got it highlighted. The entire moon rang like a gong, vibrating and resonating for almost an hour after the impact, the best guess was that the moon was composed of rubble a lot deeper below the surface than anybody had assumed. The internal structure being fractured instead of solid mass could bounce the seismic energy from a piece to piece for quite a while. That's straight from NASA. <laughs> yeah, this is right on the website. Yeah, NASA.gov. So, so, so the thing that they were saying, though, about the craters is instead, like, let's say I threw a pebble, right? Yeah. I threw it into the sand. The divot that it would make, because of how big it was, it would only go so deep, yeah. right? But if I were to take a bigger rock and throw it at the same speed, it would still create, it would create a bigger divot, right? Yeah, in a, in a deeper, deeper divot. More, more, uh, the difference weight. between the moon is almost every single crater, depending on how, no matter how big it is, stops almost simultaneously at the same level. Yeah. Implying that there is a thicker level that meteors can't even break. Like through. a layer. Yeah. A harder layer than. So the there's like, they say that it's, you know, a sphere yeah. inside is hollow because of the gongs, you know, the gong thing that they pulled out. But there's got to be something like a shield around it on the inside. Like the outside of the sphere is made out of a metal so hard that even meteors coming in from space, hitting it, can't penetrate deeper because all of them are practically the same. So it's like this, it's like a structure that was built out of like, for example, titanium. And to make it that underneath they have whatever you do they put inside. And mm -hmm. then the outside is basically would be like covered in the the dust and rocks that we see mm -hmm. and it's basically a show so that we think it's normal well we've only seen one side of the moon the other yeah. side of the moon could be like that it is in star wars where the planes fly right in and land yeah i mean yeah, we have like no he, idea he, this could be the death star up in the sky we have no idea yeah like how he said he saw mm -hmm. spaceships they could be right on the edge of the, the that, dark side of the, the moon. dark side mm-hmm 
John, look up and see if there's a picture of what somebody theorized the hollow moon looks like. Because I'm pretty sure that there's a really good representation of it. Yeah. On on the internet. And and, and w- so what do you what do what do you think they would have in there? Like satellites, or you think they they live in there? You think it's like a laboratory? Let's say I believe in aliens, and I'm not saying I don't. Yeah. I'm just saying mm-hmm. let's say I believe in them. I think that they are looking down on us and see us as people or beings who are constantly conflicting with each other. And what they're afraid of is before they, they've been, I feel like they've been making signals or trying to communicate with us for a long, long time, right? People see UFO sightings, people see, yeah, there's a good picture right here, John, this one, one of these two. One of those two. So this is the concept right here. Um, Hopefully they can see it on the screen that they have their own internal working system, right? It's going to be very blurry on the camera, but yeah. And so, like, if we can this probably is, put a, we can put a picture up uh, yeah. when we edit it. So this is all theoretical, and so I think if UFOs were real, right, and they were flying around, because I'm not trying to debunk anybody saying that they aren't real, but I'm also not saying I've ever had a personal experience, so I can't say that they are. Yeah. But if they were real and they were constantly flying around monitoring us, I think that they would want to see where we would go. Does that make sense? And this would be like a hub for them. Yes. For surveying us. Yes. Kind of like our ISS, International mm-hmm. Space Station. Yes. They. So. I believe that this could be a way for them to look at us close enough where if they needed to step in, right? Let's say we were on the verge of nuclear war. Yeah. But they've been monitoring us for a long time. Before that, they, they let us launch and destroy all of humankind which is something that they've been studying right to them we are our fish in our fish tank right we watch them from the outside we don't know they're there they just kind of watch over us right and we don't know what kind of control that they have what's this here pentagon now reports about 400 ufo encounters we want to know what's out there okay interesting Is there a video or is there? Yeah, I I remember seeing this video. This was the video um, that the U.S. Navy captured of some UFOs. They were they were tracking. um, Potential security risks that were too big to ignore. My God! They were going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. The military releasing this 2015 video two years ago showing naval pilots off the coast of California completely stunned. We are seeing them nearly every day that we were flying. Today, for the first time since the 1960s, members of the House Intelligence Subcommittee and top Pentagon officials discussing the topic of UFOs, now referred to as UAPs or unidentified aerial phenomena. We are committed to a focused effort to determine their origin. In 2004, the Pentagon acknowledged tracking more than 140 reports of UAPs. But today, Deputy Director for Naval Intelligence Scott Bray says... Mm. ...the number they're investigating to approximately 400. Last year, a government report found a definitive explanation for only one of the encounters. Gray says one video was a distortion stemming from light passing through night vision goggles. As for a second video showing a shiny spherical object, I do not have an explanation for what this 
this specific uh, uh, object is. Bray confirmed that the military has never fired missiles at a UFO or recovered any non-terrestrial wreckage. Still, the Pentagon says it's determined to remove the stigma associated with reporting sightings. The inability to understand objects in our sensitive... It's okay, John. So, thank you. That was, that was good. That, so, like I said, I'm not saying they're not real. There's obviously been people who said they've seen stuff. There's the guy, you know, I believe he was in the 80s or the 70s, who actually had an experience being abduct, abducted. So, abducted. Abducted. And so the problem I have with it is that it's hard to believe in something you can't see, but that's called faith, right? And I wouldn't say I necessarily have faith that UFOs are real. Do I think it's a highly, highly possible ability? Yes. I think it's a high possibility. But on the sense of the space station, I think it would be a very interesting concept that they would just be sitting there watching us. Do I think it's possible? 100%. I think so. Do I wonder why, if it is real, that they haven't tried to communicate with us? I mean, the moon is a lot closer than where that James Webb telescope is. I mean, that James Webb telescope is way out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like they they probably know as much as we do what would happen if they did like intervene with us mm -hmm. and so we we think it would cause mass hysteria and like like everything it just like unleash everything everyone would start would fighting they, they yeah but maybe they have done this at a different planet mm -hmm. with intelligent life and they've already seen it so they know not to intervene intervene too quickly the question is is at what point do we have to get to for them to make contact like do we have to reach utopia like do we have to all be so civil with each other that maybe then because i'll tell you right now for as much as the world is against each other you know ukraine with russia russia with us china with you know us <laughs> the problem is is we are always fighting for each other like fighting against each other and so one of the things is is that um if something comes down to us that might unite us as a human race knowing that there's something else out there and we might unite against them which could be in my eyes could be very beneficial if we all united against a, a, a greater being out there that we don't know about we also then have to fight with the um, with the fact that they obviously, in order to see us and monitor us, they're got to be way more advanced than us. Our nuclear bombs could have nothing on top of whatever they have. Yeah, and I, I think that they, um, when you said like, why why would they, um, or actually I forgot, I forgot what you were talking about. Uh, I lost. I lost that's okay I, I, the thing is is like i said i'm not denying that they're not real but i'm also not positive that they're actually watching us i i personally i do not know uh, i would love to know i <laughs> i think it'd be pretty interesting i think that you know even though we believe in our religions here on earth right our greater powers i think that this those beings alone would change a lot of people's views on that which 
I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. It would be pretty interesting to be able to communicate and talk with them or like, well, assuming they know how to speak English or a language on here on earth. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, actually I kind of remembered what what you were saying. Mm -hmm. You were saying like what would drive them to actually intervene with us, you know, with all the conflicts going on. Mm -hmm. And I, as I was saying before, they might've had another intelligent life that they've had contact with before. So, when we see when we say when when will they intervene if they've already had contact they might know what what the process looks like of like the world be the world destruction mm-hmm. so they might they might know more than we know and they might see this whole ukraine russia thing as we've seen something like this before it's it's not an issue we yeah. don't need to intervene yet well i mean i guess also on the topic that um what do you call it? I mean, what do you call it? John, what do you think? Um, so I was going to say, um, special, this is um, what I've heard, and I just pulled up something, that um, UFOs started showing up around the same time the first atomic bomb was dropped. Mm-hmm. And UFO sightings are more around nuclear power, nuclear plants, or places where they build nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. So what I think is that they saw, they they were watching us. Didn't didn't feel like they needed to intervene. We weren't doing anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Then we create these wor- we created this world killer, mm-hmm. and we haven't used it yet since then. But now they're staying on Earth, low key, trying to or on sure, or on the moon or on the moon, make sure that we're not going out to do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great point. I, I and the thing is is like I said, I for as much as I know about history and stuff like that ufos has never been something that i really did any research on because i i never had it talked about right i feel like ufos now that the pentagon has has released it it's always been talked about but i feel like it's definitely becoming a topic of conversation for a lot of people and so the thing is is there's also many ancient civilizations that talk about you know these greater beings i believe there is an african tribe that believes in um, these two reptilian species, guys, that they pre- praise to. And they have a time talking about before the moon. That's part of the um, the hollow moon theory, is that there is a tribe and writings, I believe both in Egyptian and in this tribe in Africa, that talk about times before the moon That in their writings, right? Yeah. It says before the moon, which means that the moon wasn't always there. It was placed by... It could have been placed. I, I find it very hard to believe that a meteor came, stopped right next to Earth, never touched it, and, and just orbits, just us. orbits us. Because yeah. I, I, I don't see how that could work. I think that if we got... If, let's say, it was coming in while we were rotating, and it happened to get into our orbit with our gravitational pull, it would still, in my eyes, depending on if the magnet was always facing the same way... I think that it would have to also rotate. Yeah. But I don't know. And so if there is truly these religions or ancient scripts that talk about a time before the moon, I think it's something interesting to look at because those people were around while we weren't. So. Yeah, they've seen stuff that we haven't. Mm-hmm. They could be our, our insight into the past because like we were talking about, I think in episode one a little bit, like science always isn't absolute 
No, and that's the thing. We, I don't feel like we'll ever be in a position where we ever know, right? Like I feel like we'll we'll have a, a we'll have a decent understanding, but uh, I think we'll have a decent understanding. But we might never know. I and and like I said, I hope that. I think the, <laughs> what we kind of talked about before too was the way that this AI and AR are going, this alternate reality and everything yeah. like that, VR, everything. Yeah, everything, techno technology. technology in general. I feel like we're getting to a point like in Wally, right? Yeah. When Wally, when they like destroyed Earth and they were on this cruise ship that was out in the middle of space. I think I look to movies, especially when we talk about spaceships and UFOs and, and different planets and different beings from different planets being able to travel. I always look to Star Wars because Star Wars, if you notice, they're like, oh, well, he's on Jublatron, right? Yeah. And then they just light speed because they're obviously so much farther advanced. Yeah. They light speed to that different planet. And so I think that there could be an entire network of planets already in that situation that are maybe within the same galaxy or solar system or something yeah. that are now looking to expand their empire, you know? Yeah, and I, when you're talking about Wally and, like, uh, Star Wars, how, like, in Wally the the world was destroying itself, the same can be said in Star Wars. Like, in the new um, Obi-Wan, you you kind of see, like, how they had this, this, this like, vibrant farming community mm -hmm. this planet that was made for for farming or mining or whatever and when the 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 uh the empire took over and started controlling it they 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 made it strictly for mining and it just became this barren place and there's no more farming it's just mine that planet and destroy it until it's gone mm -hmm. so that could be happening somewhere else. I look at, at that, what you just said about each individual planet kind of having its own, like industrial, farming, all that. I look at that like as an analogy, and this might be a terrible analogy, but um, as like a telephone, right? A telephone started out, you could only dial so many numbers, and then you call the phone number, right? Yeah. So that's our concept of Earth, right? We have only a certain amount of things, a certain amount of land, a certain amount of area that we can cover and things we can do. Now, you can advance, right? That started with the rototilling thing where you called in and then you got to pick up somebody else's phone. But now what we're happening is, is if, let's say, there is a realistic way that you can travel to different planets, you take the space that you had and you can multiply it now and divide it up amongst all the things that the world needs or the, the galaxy at that point would need, yeah. just like a new phone. A new phone now, it's not just for phone calling. It started, it eventually became text messages. And then with the way that more planets are connected, it's like adding apps onto your phone. Each app does something individual, but you have the ability to now use all of that extra space that before in the original phone, when you could only call somebody, they didn't have. And yeah. so I, I think that that is kind of a dummy very low leveled example of an analogy but i tried to explain it as best as i can yeah so. and i mean just talking about this technology advance i just wanted to get in the get into a little bit about like electric cars and all okay and so this thing i saw earlier today was just showing the the, the new volkswagen uh 
I think they called it in the past the micro bus. Mm-hmm. And so it was showing this new design for the... Like mi- that hippie bus? Yeah. Like the one in cars? Yeah, the one in cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peace, with the fl- with, the, with the flowers all over it. Yeah. And so they, they have this new design for it. And this is there actually it right here. It, um, oh, no shit. It's 2024. So it's actually coming up pretty soon here. T- I feel like there's years. a lot of good cars. A lot of electric cars are popping off in 2023 and 2024. Yeah, so... Oh, no shit. So wow. that's what it's going to look like. And, I, I mean, it's close to the old one. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. they're, they're saying this is the most anticipated car um, of, of the century. Inside, wow. And so there's the inside. You got, you got facing each other. It looks like... It, so the, is this going to be autonomous then? The front seats, you can kind of see they're facing backwards. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be self-driving of some sort. I mean, you're not going to be driving... Man, look at that around. third row, though. Yeah, it looks a little cramped, but... Well, it looks like these are on retractors, so it looks like when you flip that around, you can actually slide those up. Yeah. And and that way it gives more... But the, look at the trunk space. There's no trunk space. <laughs> I mean, but it's it's an electric, so you got a frunk, right? You got the whole frunk in there. Yeah, but if that's for a, a family of, what, seven, right? Six. Oh, is that two seats in the back? Yeah, okay, yeah. six. You're telling me you can fit six suitcases in that? Uh, you got the front and the back. I don't know. It's, bro, it's go back. It's, go back to actually go down to this picture, John, right here, the to the right of that one. I mean, it looks. I mean, it looks decent sized. I mean, you can fold down the two back seats if you need more room. But it's just it's it's cool to see what they're doing with electric cars. Yeah, click on click on that picture of the old one, John, right there. Is that the new one? Or is that like a redone? I think this is a this is a resto mod. Yes, yeah, but do you see how much room that is? I feel like yeah, they I mean, shrunk this one down. I th- I, it might not be shrunk. It might just be our perception. Just the way of that it's looking it. at it. There yeah. looks like the new version of it. Yeah, bench sheets. But yeah, like I mean, it, it, that's it, like a barn dominium though, compared to a house. Right, it's just the shell, and then whatever you want to do with the inside, people yeah. take those out. Like kind of like, kind of like the the Ford Transit mm-hmm. or the the Ram Cargo Master, I think they call it. And yeah, so look there's at there's a lot the of, tracks. Yeah, so it looks like it's got a lot of versatility, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, just electric cars are becoming better and better, but I still I feel like they're not there yet. Um, I was looking at a a Ford F one fifty Lightning, and you're getting. We, I, I don't think it was going to pass 300 miles on a charge. And when, we, when when it was plugged in, it seemed like it was going to take over 12 hours to charge. And so I still feel like electric cars aren't viable. The problem I have with electric cars, right, the problem I have, the only problem I have, because I think Teslas are dope, right? The Tesla was the staple for an electric car. You cannot compare the technology used in an electric car to the utility of a gas-powered car. Electric cars will take over when they are as usable and as utilized as um, gas-powered cars. Because if we're going on a road trip up north, right? Yeah. So my coworker, she's going to uh, Painted Rocks up in the UP. Yeah. It is 392 miles away from this house. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is if let's say she's taking the Lightning, she only has 300 miles. Yeah, so and that, then you're done. That, you, and, and that's if you have to dead. charge for 
13 hours. Mm-hmm. So that's an extra stay, an extra night, all that. And that's the problem with electric cars is that if unless you can have it be an instant charge, right? Like a, Like some sort of battery swap, your battery gets lowered down from your car. And a new one is reinstalled. And if it, it took a couple minutes, I could definitely see where the problem with the the problem with the battery swapping is that then you don't know who used that one before. What were they driving over? Because if I'm in a Jeep Wrangler, right, and it's electric, and I take it off roading, and I'm beating this thing, like beating it, right, and then I go to the battery swap station. And I give them my battery, and this thing's all dented to shit. And then I got to get it taken and put onto my car, which is a Rolls-Royce electric car, right? Then you, I'm taking the previous damage from the guy. And what happens when that battery breaks? They have to, there's not enough, there's not even enough minerals, I think, in the world to create enough batteries to replace the gasoline. Right, because you're talking about a swap every time, and how good does a battery last? Because you know what happens when you kill a battery every time, right? Nobody's yeah. turning the battery in half full. No, right? I mean, if it got to that point, those people aren't going to be worried about. But the people that like me, when I drive my car and get it down to thirty miles till empty and it's practically dead, you know, those are the batteries that are going to have problems. Yeah. But John, you you had something you wanted to pull up. just for how our electric grid is set up. Mm-hmm. What runs, what charges the electricity that is going to be charging that electric car? You want to know my opinion on that? My opinion on how they will charge electric cars is unorthodox because a lot of people disagree with it. Every single time I see an electric car port, I think where is that electricity coming from? A coal plant, hydro plant, hypothetically, if there is that many, wind, nuclear power, wind, wind. The best and the cleanest form of energy. Again, electric energy is not, in my eyes, a bad idea, right? It's renewable. You can use it. The problem is, is the pace that we're trying to get there, right? We're jumping into it too quickly, like we're the the equipment and the um, understanding of all this technology is not where we need it to be right it's below what can make our lives continue to run because the american people and people as a whole are not going to give up the luxury of being able to drive six hours and be able to fill up for gas and then drive another and then drive another six hours and fill up for gas and drive another six hours and fill up for gas without being able they're not going to give that up just to say, oh, I went green. Now, the far left will because that's what they agree on. And I know I, I know a couple people that have Teslas and they love them. But I, they tell me the only problem is I can't take it up north. I can't go anywhere with it because it only gets a certain amount. And then I'm stuck. And I mean, when you were talking about the utility of it, um, I saw a YouTube video a couple weeks ago from uh, the Fastlane truck. Um, and they, they showed the F-150 Lightning um, they're comparing it to to a diesel truck, and they said we're gonna tow this camper, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see what has more range 
when you're towing a camper for like what's a truck what a truck's for you know it's used mm-hmm. for that type of stuff and they put the trailer onto the truck and what you can do inside the the truck it has it's a computer where you type in all the dimensions and the weight and everything of the trailer you're towing mm-hmm. it calculates what your new range is going to be with that with that uh, towing setup yeah and they put it in and it says 90 miles exactly fully charged 90 miles because the weight and the aerodynamics mm-hmm. and everything it's like i said the technology itself and the idea of it is not a bad idea until we can meet what we already previously have right if we have something that's working good the only way people are going to be willing to give that up is if the new thing can meet that or be better than that than what we already have and so i think we're just too far from that do i hope one day we can get there yeah sure i mean again i think teslas are sweet the problem is is it's just i can't take a tesla up north also up north is a perfect example how am i going to drive up north do i have to unplug my charger do i like like and bring it with me so now i'm taking up more space just to charge my car like there's not going to be that many electric charging ports up north no i mean not yet not yet right and so the problem is is like that article john that was just pulled up is that you can't say that electric electric energy going into cars is going to necessarily be greener because you're going to have to produce that energy somehow yeah solar and wind and hydro are not enough right now to fulfill every single car the american people have and do you know how damaging wind power is oh i I thought you're gonna talk about the bad how many birds die like Flocks of birds just get killed, wiped out by these things. These things are flying. They're going fast. And that's another problem. They're hurting the ecosystem. Well, that was that that was that one thing Trump said when he was in the office. It's kind of funny, just like he's like, Have you seen the birds? It's like nothing you've ever seen. A massacre. Graveyards. <laughs> yeah, so. it is. It's crazy. <laughs> Alright, let's see here. More electric cars mean more coal and natural gas. This is from Forbes. Alright. Electric cars are rapidly growing in the market. In 2017, sales in the U.S. were up nearly 30% to about 200,000 units. The surge is even more impressive given that very low gasoline prices we have seen obviously incentivize sticking with the traditional oil-based internal combustion engine purchase. There are now numerous innovations globally to ban... Initiatives. Oh, initiatives. You want to read it? Globally to ban the sale of oil cars, mostly to clear the skies of smoggy cities. China, India, Norway, the UK, France, and the Netherlands, for instance, have said that they want to phase out gas and diesel vehicles within the next few decades. Government incentives influence car buyers' attitudes, and the model for more could be Norway, where electric cars now account for 33% of all sales. Okay. Like I said, I, I, I'm not against them. I'm really not. And I think that they would be... I, I love the inside of a Tesla. I'm a minimalist. I love the, the concept of it. But, I mean, they are minimalist. But if you look at the reviews, the 
the quality of them is just it's, it's horrible. Exactly. So they're rushed. Okay. Oh, so what we have here is a, a graph of electricity generation in 2017, and 41% is by coal throughout the world. And then nuclear is 11, so that's more of a a greener way, but also the waste produced is horrible. And then the other, I guess you could say some of that is green, nuclear or whatever, energy. but half of it is coal. Nuclear energy, to me, seems like the most appealing concept, right? I, I've always been that way, yeah. If we can, instead of taking all this time and money to invest into this electric car system, right? If we can do a nuclear, if we can get those electric cars powered by nuclear plants, the thing that we should do, though, is invest a lot of time rather than in wind and solar and all that. Why don't we start with nuclear? Nuclear already has been proven to be very effective, very green, green friendly. That's what the biggest thing is, is carbon emission. Yeah. So why don't we figure out a way to contain and control and get rid of the waste. Yeah. You would think that something that's proven to be so helpful and so productive and prove every single problem that people are trying to get rid of, why wouldn't they invest more time into it? Yeah, I mean, the the power output by a nuclear reaction is just off the charts. The two things that their problem with them is, is the one, the waste, and two, if in order to shut it down, it takes, I'm pretty sure, like seven years. To, to, de- to decommission. Whoa. This is Elon Musk's um, way of fixing. Uh, he says we only need like 100 of these or something like that. No shit. So that's the gigafactory. That's where they're going to produce them. But it also I has, it looks this. like solar panels and then a wind farm. No, that's where they are. It's not production. That's where they are. Where is what? This, think of uh, a nuclear power plant. That's this, but solar. Mm. I just saw something uh, reading about how nuclear, or I mean, it's actually. No, no they're, they're building them there. Yeah. The Gigafactory produces the Model 3, it said. So they're being built in there, but it's also producing gener- energy. I saw that um, somebody was putting solar panels f- on top of water. And for some reason, it was helping it. I didn't read very much into it. I'm assuming it's because of the reflection of light yeah. off of the water. It has, is helping it more, charge faster, or obtain more energy. I don't yeah. know. But that would be an interesting concept. We, Our Earth is how much percent ocean? You know, we start... Well, then you come into the problem of, you know, waves and storms and stuff. But yeah. for the most part, I mean, we have a lot of water. Why we? Maybe that would be a, a good answer. Or taking those waves and turning that into energy that, with a that, hydro plant. Yeah, that's a thing. I, I know. I've, I've seen that idea before. Just like when, when that wave moves a, a f- like a float up and down, mm-hmm. it's creating movement, and obviously that's energy. I've always – this was a, a question I was going to ask you because I thought of this while we were talking about um, the electric cars. How come no one has ever been able to figure out like, you know when you wind up something? Yeah, you're, right? you're creating that potential energy. Yes. And and how come no nobody has figured out with all four of our tires r- rolling? Yeah. A way to take the rotation of that, p- 
putting it into a generating system that is it while it's rolling it's generating power that can be used into um to to power the battery so i don't want to like give you a lesson here mm-hmm. on 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 why this isn't possible, but no, I want to know because I'm in, in about sixth curious. grade we learn about potential energy, kinetic energy, mm-hmm. and all that. And so when you when you have the car at a stop, right? Mm-hmm. You're sitting at the you're sitting just on the ground. You have potential energy built up in your batteries. It's holding that energy, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you start to move, you're moving that potential energy that you stored in your batteries, turning the wheels and actually moving, which is that ki- that kinetic energy. And so as you move, you're using that Drawing power. power. And so you can't be you're pushing out more power than than you would than you would then bring, you, in yeah, bring in because you can't. That would make that make infinite energy. We can't we can't have infinite energy. The energy has to balance itself. Mm-hmm. You're you're not you're never going to be creating more potential energy than you. Well, energy are. can't be created or destroyed, Cause, right? Because what you're doing is this car Just moving. It's losing a lot of its its energy in thermal energy, right? Mm-hmm. The battery's getting hot. It's losing some of the energy in thermal energy, and so the only way they have of powering, getting extra power to an electric car just through itself is regenerative braking. And that's when you've already used your potential energy through the battery and now you're moving and once you stop your accelerating, Mm -hmm. you're still moving with with that kinetic energy and as you brake, it's absorbing some of that energy again. So there's no way you can produce energy while using it at the same time well another concept to add on that is you're right energy can't be created or destroyed right and so the concept of having it roll and picking up energy you still have to use that energy and i completely agree with that the thing is is if you wanted to create an energy sufficient car right car that could go the 600 you know something miles or endlessly my concept to that in which i have no idea would work is when you said you slow down or you're not accelerating, it's obtaining energy through the rotor tilling or the rotor system, right? You're it's creating energy that way. Yeah. The other thing is, is then you like you said, it heats the battery. The heat from the battery is not the energy did not get destroyed by it leaving with the car while you were using it. It's transferred into heat and the heat energy of it, right? And that's just being let off into the atmosphere. So if there was a way then to contain the heat energy from the brakes, because brakes get hot, right? Contain that heat energy, also the heat energy coming off of the battery from when it's being used, and repurpose it back into a system that would allow itself to go. And on top of that, also allow solar energy to absorb energy from the light. Like let's say you had the roof is solar panels. Mm-hmm. You also have that. Another thing that I was thinking is a smaller version of windmills inside the car where instead of having like the grill, you have a somehow of a system that when you're driving, it's collecting the wind energy by turning another combine. What if we implemented all of these different things into a car? Now, the car might be big, bulky, whatever, because it's the first model. But do you think it would ever be possible to be able to to capture not only the power of the car rolling, 
but the heat, the solar, and wind all at the same time to constantly keep the car generating enough power as much as it's using all at the same time. Because even if it's stopped, right, you still can absorb the heat energy and the solar energy. And the and, But when you're moving, you can absorb the wind energy and the um, rotor, rotor. I think that the only... The only thing in that that would be creating energy mm-hmm. instead of just trying to use the energy you you used and trying to reabsorb it would be the solar panel. Mm-hmm. And I think the solar panel is one you of You don't the, think wind? I, I you know, if it's I, already I, being generated from you walk uh, you stick your hand out the window there's wind being see, going I don't, with I, the car. I don't really know if that would just create more drag bad. and then you're already using the energy to move and i just i don't know if the wind would be i don't know if that i couldn't say like i said it's a concept i don't yeah. know john's got it's something this is funny to look at but they do have a car i guess if you want to call it a, even a car that runs off a of kinetic energy <clears throat> so mm. made by human car okay and um you gotta you gotta see this video man it's funny um, kinetic energy kinetic energy yeah. oh my god are they biking Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. What is this? The New Age Flintstones? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? The power monkeys? So you can okay, only that's use funny. it. Yeah, so it's a bike. Funny. It's a yeah. bike, right? No, no, no. It's not a car. This is a bike. It's like a row machine with wheels. Yeah. Is exactly what it. Is. So we're not. This isn't a car. This is. This is a bike. Could you imagine if all of your buddies get in the car and you're like, "All right, everybody, all right, everybody we're gonna go to John's house. <laughs> start going. Everybody, everybody, start, start rowing. Yeah. We only got two no, more hours of this. No, mom, I wanted to watch my phone. Start rowing. <laughs> So, hey, hey, you in the back, you're not rowing hard enough. I, I saw you. I can see you on the monitor. <laughs> yeah, here. you're not you're not rowing hard enough. I'm putting in way more work than you. That would cause some fights. Oh, yeah, for sure. Can we please just use the assist mode? <laughs> we haven't generated enough yet. <laughs> yeah. That's, light that's speed, good. light speed. <laughs> oh, God, we got a hill coming up, boys. <laughs> We're going to really need to start using some shit right here. Everybody start building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like i said i just didn't know i it's it, in my mind i think of all these different concepts and i think it would be crazy to think about if we could create a self-sufficient car we think of tesla talking about self-sufficient houses with these solar panels and i think of if we could make it small enough could we fit that into a car because imagine you won't even have to worry about distance then everything would be obtainable I mean, you could drive from yeah. real uh, hypothetically. You could drive from New York to L.A. with no charge. Yeah, and I mean, you're not creating any uh, gases that are harming mm-hmm. the solar system either, or the the Earth either. So mm-hmm. you're free to do whatever you want. Yeah, it actually give you a lot of freedom. Oh, I'm sure. But but then then you get into the concept of autonomous cars, and that scares me. Have you ever seen the show Upload? No. Oh God. I'm. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry that you've never seen that show because you really need to. Okay. <laughs> put that on the, the weekend watch list. Oh, for sure. So Upload is a show on Amazon Prime where it's futuristic, and that's one of the reasons I love it because it could happen, right? Yeah. So instead of dying traditionally, they call it traditionally dying, right? Yeah. Which is just, just your death. Yeah. They can take your head, if you will, right? Um, and it just gets cut off. Okay. So your brain, your soul, all that goes and gets uploaded is what they call it. Into the, the cloud. Into the system, the cloud. right? And depending on how much money you have depends on how nice of a place you can get into. So the main character, oh God, I'm gonna, I watched it a couple weeks ago and I can't remember the guy's name. The main character. The main character, his girlfriend, right? Yeah. Has a lot of money. She's mm-hmm. very, very wealthy and he is not. Yeah. He wanted to break up with Nathan. That was it, what it's called. And he, throughout the whole show, is fighting because he wants to break up with her. The problem is she put him in the nicest place. Oh. So then... You come up with the, uh, yeah, you can pull like, that up. It's like a trade-off now. So now, he he was actually, him and his buddy were creating a concept for a free upload that everybody can go to, and that would be nice. Him and his buddy, and that is what they find out the reason why he was killed. But moral of the story is he was getting to a car accident with an autonomous car because he had, have you ever seen the TikToks where, like, he's like, cars start cleaning right and it cleans the cameras and then he plugs his remote in and he's driving and he's flying through traffic. oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's upload okay so he so it starts off where he's driving this autonomous car or well he he's in the autonomous car and the car won't stop he's a car stop car oh stop, yeah, yeah. Car I've stop, seen this, yeah and boom done so then he goes to the hospital because he's not quite dead yet and his girlfriend because he's kind of all loopy and he signs the paper to have himself uploaded. Mm-hmm. Great show. It really is. And I highly suggest it. I'm not going to give it away because I know you will watch it. And it is really good. But moral of the story is is if that was the situation, let's say I already think that the government is up to sketchy stuff, right? To believe that the government will never be or is always perfect and never doing anything sketchy is um, naive to me. But the concept of... A database or a company having control over my car and my life seems outrageous to me. Just like the the BMW subscription we were talking about. That's the start. Oh, that is a start. But what I'm saying is is I cannot get on board with the idea, right? Let's talk about me being against a certain aspect of the government, right? I have a big enough platform or I talk to enough people that I'm creating a real influence. Yeah. Oh, Daniel got into a car accident today in an autonomous car, and it must be the autonomous car's fault because we never have any problems. Oh, but Daniel was a real backlash person to the COVID vaccine. We can't, uh, we can't have that. So, to put those things in there and let them have control over that seems way too crazy for me because. How am I supposed to trust them when they've never shown themselves to be trustworthy? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the same thing is, is, oh, you live in America. You have your freedom. Your freedom is, it's in the Constitution. You have your freedom. But then they lock you down for two years until you can't leave your house without a mask. 
Oh, you want to go travel? You need a shot. So I think COVID really showed a lot of us how much freedom we actually have, right? You have it to an extent. And I'm not saying that America isn't the best country in the world. In my personal opinion, I think it is. Because I think that you can do a lot of things here that you can't do in other countries. Yeah. The problem is, is and, and I was going to bring this up to you too, is I've been listening to Andrew Tate recently. Some of the things, most of the things I agree with, what he says. I think that he says them very harshly, right? So a lot of people don't like his brutal honesty. But the problem is, is I also agree with him that a lot of people need to hear the brutal honesty because what we talked about in the last podcast, everybody's not a winner. You don't always get to have winners. I mean, there should always be a winner and a loser, and sometimes you're the loser. So, And that is his mentality a lot on life. And so one of the things, though, he was saying is during COVID, he was arguing with – have you ever seen the BFFs podcast with no. Dave Portnoy? No. Like you've seen clips of yeah, it. Yeah. So one of the things that they talked about was um, how Andrew Tate was saying that he has ultimate freedom and he has fuck you money because fuck you money cannot be quantified by a dollar amount it's about the amount of freedom you have and control over the things in your life like during covid he said that everybody in america was locked down right we were all locked to our homes the thing is is when he lives in romania he has i think it was like 15 different passports so he would go to the airport and say, and uh, I want to go to Britain. Oh, well, Romanians aren't allowed into Britain. Okay, today I'm Russian. Or Russians aren't allowed in. Oh, okay, today I'm Italian. Okay, and so the concept is, is he would just, he had so much different, he, not different identities, he's all the same man, but he, he was saying that he spread himself, he's not, um, jurist, like his jurisdiction isn't one country. He's not one entity of one country. He is outside of that realm. He calls it the matrix because it's an easy way to explain it. But anyways, what he was saying is is that you cannot have ultimate freedom if you are tied down to one jurisdiction. And I think that a lot of people assume that we have this freedom in America that we don't need to worry about anything else. And I disagree with that. I think that everybody thinks that the person who is over um, prepared until the, the day that he's ready and everybody's not. Yeah, you can never be like too prepared. Yeah. Like Australia. Australia, for example. Australia, they were putting people in concentration, not concentration camps, quarantine camps that you were only fed three meals a day. And you had to be locked in a room away from your family and you couldn't see anyone. That's a freedom, right? That we used to think Australia was free. They claim they're free, but they really didn't have the freedom. And so you realize in times of, of real mass panic that um, that you need to realize how much freedom you actually have. So, I don't know. I think that we it's just as Americans, we need to take a look at, at what we have and... and how much we want to defend the freedoms we hope we thought and thought we had. Yeah. So. It's just, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad that we now have our mics, you know. Yeah. We finally are hopefully going to get all this figured out. Yeah. We hopefully will. we get episode two figured out because we had some corrupt files. Yeah, we, we got to figure out. that out too. Um, for anybody listening, 
we are going to hopefully be getting on a schedule starting next week. Uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, we are hoping to have our podcast out. We're also thinking of some other video ideas we can do so we're not just limited to one thing. Um, we want to kind of stretch ourselves amongst different terms of things. So if you have any suggestions, please leave those in the comments. And we're trying to get people on to some guests. Yes. But and that's another nothing thing. Nothing confirmed. So we're trying to get everything worked out. We are new to this. We plan on doing a setup video to help people who are really, truly starting out to see kind of how we did it. Um, we had to learn and do a lot of research on our own. Um, but for the most part, we want to try to help other people out and explain that is why we haven't had anybody on our podcast yet, because we're still trying to get used to our whole setup. And we're, like you see now, we have something new almost every episode. So Yeah, and I think if we had a, a good setup video, if we can make it good enough, I think we would love to have that when we started. So oh, for sure. If we can make you, you, your guys' life a little easier. A real, you guys try to realistic this, one. That, so. That's the biggest thing, a realistic oh, yeah. one. Every single one that we watched was always so simple. $400 mic. Yeah. Four, $4,000 camera. Get to get these $800 lights. Oh, and this, this foam padding on the walls is only 300 bucks. Oh, and did you get the audio mixer that you need for... That's only 800 Yeah. So... That's the thing. We, we are balling on a budget. We are having a great time doing it. We enjoy talking to each other. I mean, we talk to each other more off air well, than just, we do on it's, air. It's but. just the start, too. So oh, this, for this, sure. Maybe we will have a $4,000 camera and $500 mics. So. Yeah. So, anyways, we appreciate you listening to us. Um, please feel free to give feedback. We are, can only learn. And uh, we're very thankful for everybody who did watch us. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. I hope that you enjoy.